Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Breaking news, the Eagles have signed 34-year-old Julio Jones, who managed to appear in only 11 games with five starts last season with Tom Brady in Tampa, and he wasn't really able to contribute much. Keyshawn, you were a superstar receiver who had to finally come to grips with and decide at age 34, okay, it's time to hang him up. How do you feel about Julio after playing 10 all-time great years in Atlanta now playing for his fourth team in four years. You know, Skip, everybody's journeys are different in what their goals are when they enter the league to, to try to accomplish. And, and one of my goals in general was to, you know, play, make money, and uplift my family out of poverty. That was my goal. My goal wasn't to chase rings or anything like that. My goal was simply, hey, on the way to this, if I happen to get a ring, if I happen to go to Pro Bowls, if I happen to do those sort of things, then, yeah, when I first came into the league, I said I'm only going to play 10 years. Yep. It's well documented. Mm -hmm. 10 years and I'm done. Mm -hmm. I played the 11th year because Dan Henning was my coordinator at the Jets who, yep. who went on to become the coordinator at Carolina. I became available. I went and had a nice cocktail with him one night and decided, okay, I'm going to sign on for this one year based on – what Steve Smith was going through the year before against Seattle, which clamped him down. So I said, hey, if I could join Smitty, mm -hmm. and we can go get a ring. Now, when you look to Julio Jones, who's had a, a – By the way, real quick, did you regret that at all? Were you up to that I, task? You know, it's so funny. I was up to the task. Yeah. <laughs> I get the damn training camp, and Smitty gets hurt. Yeah. So the first yeah, game you. now, I got to become – Batman again instead of Robin. Mm -hmm. I thought I was going to be Robin, right? I'm like, oh, I could go here and just, you know, one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> All of a sudden, Smitty gets hurt the first game. We play Atlanta, and now I got D'Angelo Hall. He's young. He want to clap when he break the huddle. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to go through this. But Julio Jones may be searching for something different. Yep. He's gone, if you think about it. Tennessee traded for him. They just had lost in a wild card game the year before they in yep. the AFC championship game. So you look at that and you say, okay, he has an opportunity to get a ring. Then he goes to Tampa, opportunity to get a ring. Now he joins Philadelphia, opportunity to get a ring. One of the top three teams in all of the NFC conference. Sure. One of the top five teams, six teams in all of the National Football League. He adds something to them. Now, I don't know, much, I don't know how much gas he has left in the tank, clearly, enough for them to sign him, or at least they think he has enough. Everybody's goals are different. And, and if I'm looking at this, maybe it's 
not complete, although he played in a Super Bowl and had a phenomenal catch on the sideline that people don't remember because of the Edelman catch against the New England Patriots, but he had a toe-toucher. And so maybe he's saying to himself, my career and journey is not complete until I get that ring. Mm. And, and, and that may be the case. That wasn't the case for me because I accomplished a lot, Richard, quick, fast, and a hurry. I went to Pro Bowls early. I played in championship games early. You know, I won a Super Bowl early in my career. So when I got, I was satisfied. Unlike Skip talking about he won eight, I went to eight and won five. He ain't satisfied still, even though he tried to look us in the face and tell us that about the Cowboys. Right, right, right. Well, my, my guy, Quintoris Lopez Julio Jones Jr., a great rival of mine, a classmate. You know, we came into the league together, yep. an adversary for a number of years, you know, a number of playoff battles, regular season battles, incredible Hall of Fame player. He does have a ton to offer, you know, to a young receiver group, a young receiver room. I'm sure A.J. Brown was standing on the table for him, uh, harping that this guy can make a difference. He's an old Alabama receiver, so I'm sure Devontae Smith and him go way back. I'm yep. sure he was advising him and mentoring him before. Uh, I, it's, it's necessary to have guys like this, a guy that has played the game at, at the highest of high levels uh, consistently, and he'll give things, he'll give insight that maybe even, even the receivers coach, uh, Aaron Moorhead, may not be able to, to, to or, or give him a bridge to the players that he may not have right now. Um, I, I, I think it's a great move. I think it's a great move. I think it's a, you know, it's a win-win situation. Obviously, Julio wants a ring. He wants to get back to that big game and win it. He wants to do whatever he can to win that. Um, and and I'm, I'm not mad at him for it. I think he got something left in the tank. If he, if he does, we'll see it on the field. No question. Look, mm. the, the one thing when you say left in the tank, Skip, mm. I know he could be a dominant red zone threat for sure. Something that the Dallas Cowboys certainly need in a big receiver. Now A.J. Brown and Julio Jones with Devontae Smith inside mm. on the perimeter. You got two trees. That, that certainly, as you mentioned, Richard, he adds something there. Mm. Silly me. I thought we had a great red zone threat who wears 88 for a reason, but we don't seem to go to him in the red zone. I don't know. Maybe we will fix that problem. All right, back to your point. As Richard so correctly pointed out, and he knows up close and personal, for all those years in Atlanta, Julio was the man in this league at receiver. He, he was the best because oh God, yes. it's rare that we've seen a package like this. This is up in your, your league, except he, he could run a little better than oh, you could uh, run. Absolutely. Just a little better. Yeah. But, but we're still talking. What, what do we say? Is, is he 6'4"? All I know is he's really big. <laughs> yeah, well, Richard knows how big he is because Richard's no, a tall no corner in and of his own self. But the point was... I was rooting for Tampa last year because I rooted for Tom Brady. And I wanted Julio because I know for a fact that, that Tom recruited him. It was somewhat through Instagram, through, you know, direct message. But, but he recruited him to come down and let's do this together and I'm going to help you get your ring that you so badly want. I'm great with that and I was great with it last year until Julio starts pulling up lame. You know how he, he's tightly wound. It seems like he's always pulling something, usually his hamstring. And he just couldn't get and stay right last year, stay healthy. And he started looking like shell of self. And it was hard on my eyes because I was pulling for them and for him. And he just couldn't produce remotely at the level he used to produce at. So he managed to start five games. He appeared in 11. And his best stats of the year came 
in that playoff loss to, speaking of, the Dallas Cowboys. Because that night, Brady threw him 11 balls. He caught seven for 74, by far his best game of the year. Caught a touchdown pass in that game. But the problem was they fell behind 24 to nothing and then 31 to 6 at home to Dak and company. And at 31 to 6 in the fourth quarter, Brady kept feeding him footballs because it's a little bit garbage time. So he threw him seven balls in the fourth quarter alone, and he caught four of them for 29. So my point is, it, it was a little bit misleading what those stats were, even in his best game of the year. So I'm not sure how much he has in the tank. It, it's, the, the big issue is, can he stay completely healthy? Can he avoid pulling hamstring? Because if he can, maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank. I don't, I don't disagree with your red zone point because, my God, he, he's still there, there's still a, a lot of superstar left there. Yeah. But, but, yeah. The, but the point is, I, I just don't – he's not going to change life in Philadelphia except, to Richard's point, maybe in the receiver room he can change life because you, you can't have a better voice. Yeah, well, we, look, here, here you, you talk about changing life. He changes life in the receiver room, but he also has a name. He and does. that name says Jay Jones on the back yep. of that jersey. Mm -hmm. And whether we or whomever feel he may not have gas left in the tank or he was injury prone over the last several years, in particular last year in Tampa where he had hamstring injuries, they're not asking him to come in and start and play, start no. five games and, and play 11 games. All they need him to do is play a little bit in certain situations, situational football. It's worth it with a guy like this in situational football because, again, when you get in the fringe area, and you know this, Richard, when you get in the fringe area, you got a Julio Jones, uh, Devontae Smith, and now an A.J. Brown, you got to figure out who to go with. If we put our worst corner on Julio Jones, yep. he's probably going to eat that dude's lunch in a short area. Now, if we put our best corner on Julio Jones for whatever reason, which you probably wouldn't do, no. you leave everybody else available. So it creates problems for defensive coordinators, in particular the Dallas Cowboys that are coming up on in the next three weeks. Mm -hmm. They play the Philadelphia Eagles. They do. So don't lose sight of that. You already done lost out on, on Gregory to the 49ers. Now you lose out on Julio Jones that could have helped you in your red zone because you don't have a tight end. You got a smallish guy in Cook that can do some stuff here and there. Michael Gallup, as you said, he's just he's been a guy, a shell of himself from three, yeah. four years ago. Yep. And then CeeDee Lamb doesn't get enough <laughs> opportunities, according to you, in the red zone. Yep. So if you would have had the foresight like Howie Roseman and mm -hmm. took a flyer on a guy like Julio Jones, you might have hit pay dirt. Mm. Right. Richard, you definitely it, might have. Yeah, I mean, it, Richard, if you had to cover Julio right now, how afraid of him would you be? I, I, I can't say I'm afraid of anybody, Skip. Yeah. I mean, even, I even when people are faster or stronger or whatever, you know, come on now. I, I played at a high level in this league. They got to deal with me. But at the same time, you know, it's a, you, when you play guys like this, I played Randy Moss, uh, Skip, when, when, when Randy was past his play, he was with the 49ers yeah. very late in his career, but, you know, he still had a little juice left in the tank, and it meant something to me. It meant something to me for, to get the cup for Randy Moss. Absolutely. I picked him in the back of the end zone 
in a home game we had. I played really well that game. I almost had two interceptions. I returned a kick, a block field goal. But the pick against Randy Moss was everything. Now, this isn't prime Randy. This isn't – but it's Richard Sherman picked Randy Moss. I don't get, I'm telling my kids. Like, I'm telling my son. I don't care when it was. I don't care if it was 63. I picked Randy Moss. And Julio is – you know, Randy is in a, in, a, in, a, in a stratosphere of his own. But Julio, during our time, right. was one of the greatest receivers to play during our time. And I'm sure there are kids that will line up against him and say, man – this is Julio Jones I'm covering. And it's probably going to either shock him or bring something that's, else that's out my, of him to make him play harder. You, you got a guy who's six foot five at least, okay, 220 pounds at least, mm. and he still has some short area quickness. All I need him is in the fringe area to the red zone, man. That's all I need him. I need him in the fringe to the red zone, and I can get a lot out of him. I don't need him to play 65 plays a game. I just don't. All right. Obviously, the Eagles have some injury issues. They lost Quez Watkins for the year. But Keyshawn, I'm I'm stepping back and I'm looking at this very differently than you two are looking at it Mm -hmm. because I revered him. I honored him when he was a Falcon because he was the man in this league. And as a fan of his and of professional football, it starts to hurt my eyes when I can't find Julio, you know, if I can't see Julio in Julio. So I get your point. Howie Roseman, who he's at the top of the list right now for team building, even though he didn't even play high school football, go figure. But the point is, I, I respect the heck out of Howie Roseman. I, I fear him. I fear that he just pushed the right button to get them over the hump, over the top without their depth of their receiver core. I, I got that. But now if I just look at Julio in and of himself, do you really want to see one of the greatest receivers ever at age 34 being just sort of a, a backup cog in the red zone, you know, like just another guy for them? It's, it, it's tough to watch if that's all he it, is. It, it, if, if, if he don't have a problem with it, I don't got a problem with it. Skip, I certainly don't this have gets a problem him a with ring, it. Yeah. Certainly don't. If this gets him a ring, I mean, I, I don't care if he plays, you know, a thousand snaps or he pays 200. I guarantee you in the biggest games, he's going to get an opportunity to catch a pass, a meaningful pass, a meaningful touchdown yeah. in a big game. And he may bring – like if he catches a touchdown in a Super Bowl, Skip, and he only plays five snaps that game, Skip, I guarantee you that man will say it was well worth it. Not, not only that, Richard, if, if you know, you, you talk about players coming back and chasing things or whatever you want to call it, Eric Weddle, a safety – was 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 a good mm-hmm. safety in this league with the good. Pro Bowls and all that. Yeah, he signed with the Rams late in the year. He did, and made an impact in the DB room and on the field. I, I thought he and, contributed. And, and, yeah. and went on mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl. Okay, so I look at that as a measuring stick for Julio Jones. You are good in the classroom, and when you need to go to the field, you just contribute whatever it is that you can do. To get that ring. Okay, I think but, you but, are afraid but, of this and don't want to admit it. No, I'm, I'm not afraid of it because I watched so closely last year and I wanted him to be great. And last he, year he was, was last year, though. Shell of self. La- last year was last year, okay. Coach. But, We're talking about right now. But check this out. Why do you think Tom Brady threw him 11 balls in a playoff game? Because Tom had committed heart and soul to him. I'm going to help you get a ring. And once they finally eked in the back door, as you keep pointing out, what were they uh, – 
Seven eight, to nine or whatever. Eight to nine or whatever. They, so, yeah, they, they stole it, the division. Okay, Barely they did. 500. All right, but they got there, and they had a home playoff game, and Tom is saying, Julio, here we go. You and I, let's do this. Yeah. And different team. That happened. I He's know, on a I different got, team. I, 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 this wasn't the, 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 the Tampa Bay team that won the Super Bowl. Right. This was a Tampa Bay team that just wanted to act as though they were the same team that won the Super Bowl. This Philadelphia team All right. is better than last year's Tampa Bay team okay. by a mile. All right. I will sum this up by telling you, as cold-blooded as this sounds, I told you when Zeke came home to Dallas with Belichick, I was not afraid of Ezekiel Elliott, and he went six carries for 16 yards. I am not afraid of Julio Jones in Philadelphia. I respect Philadelphia, but I'm not afraid of him making them the something even is, more special. The, okay. the difference is he, they're not depending on him, Skip. They're depending on all day, always open, A.J. Sure. Brown and Devontae Smith. Yep. He's, yep. Just, he's just sprinkles on top of it. Okay, do you really want to see him be sprinkles and yet Richard's saying yeah. if, he, if he's good with it, I'm you're good with it. Okay. I, want I, to see him get it. I want to see him chase a ring. All right, up next we talk LeBron James. Michael Cooper rips LeBron for eating on the bench. We debate next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me, that's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo, to that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. All right, let's talk LeBron James. Let's talk Michael Cooper who, by the way, this is history. i got to give you guys a little history lesson, even you two Laker fans. But Michael Cooper won five rings with the Showtime Lakers. He did win Defensive Player of the Year in 1987. I know it was like 400 years ago, but it happened. I saw it. Trust me. <laughs> he made first-team all-defense five times, second-team all-defense three times. And on his podcast, Michael Cooper criticized LeBron James for eating what looked like his dinner out on the bench during the preseason game. Here's what Cooper had to say. 
he's yeah. LeBron James, but still, you gotta have uh, respect for the game, man. If you sit over there, I, you know, I don't mind the guy eating, but go ahead, eat in the locker room, and then when you come out, then you come out and, you know, be part of the team. <laughs> sit on the end of the bench eating. Don't be like a spectator <laughs> sitting over there, because you know they got the fans right next to the bench now. I thought he was somebody that paid for the <laughs> <laughs> eating over there. <laughs> yeah, I reckon, oh, that's LeBron James. Hmm. Those are some pretty strong words from a pretty respected voice. So, Keyshawn, you and Richard, again, lifelong Laker fans growing up out here in Los Angeles. Do you agree with what Coop had to say? Well, I can split it down the middle. I agree and I disagree. Uh Aha. Sitting on fence. Yeah, I'm sitting. And the reason I'm sitting on the fence. (laughs) No, no. The reason I'm sitting on the fence, Skip, and I'm, I'm right there is because I don't think in hindsight LeBron James, one, he doesn't care. Two, he wasn't really even thinking about, I'm sitting on the bench and I'm eating. It, it, doesn't, it, it, it doesn't register that way. What you got to understand is LeBron James is like the Dallas Cowboys, Skip. Okay? There are going to be people that hate him. There are going to be people that love him. And it doesn't mean that Michael Cooper hates him. It just means that Michael Cooper is saying have respect for the game. I think LeBron James has respect for the game. A lot of respect for the game. Many athletes, many, eat on the sidelines during preseason games. They eat in the locker room. They just don't, you don't see it. I think it, it, if, if, if you look at it, I've eaten on the sideline during preseason games, but I had a towel. I was being sneaky with it. And, you know, the coaches knew. What were but, you eating? And I had, like, the, some hot dogs that they give to the referees or something. Yeah, you're, you know, glizzy. you're a glizzy guy. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so it's, it's, it's one of those deals. I didn't let people see it. You know, it was, it was hidden. And I think when you look at the LeBron situation, yeah, should he have gone to the locker room and just eat it and then come out a little bit later? Probably so. Probably so. Probably so. But this is not that big of a deal mm. to where you want to uh, uh, pour gasoline on it and stick a match to it mm. and turn it into something that it really truly isn't. Mm. It, 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 and the people that will try to do that, mm. it's all about the LeBron effect, baby. Mm. It's like the Cowboys. Mm. It's the LeBron effect. Wait, who's a big Cowboy fan? LeBron James. Right, go he said it. he's a Browns fan. I, 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 he used to be a Cowboy fan. I don't know if that's still the case. He because along the way, that. he showed up Monday night. I, I know, but so did he fun. show up Monday night because he wanted to go watch the game, or did he show up because of the Cowboys? Cowboys. I just, you know. Well, I, I think I think I got a high, high regard for Michael Cooper, the Showtime Lakers, everything yeah, they've done. Yeah, absolutely. What he said, he said it playful. You saw him laugh. It, it was in jest, and it's fine. It's, it, he's not wrong, but like, like Keyshawn said, if you look at the NFL – you will see a lot of veterans on the sideline eating hot dogs, sunflower seeds, trying to get through the game because there's nothing on this game. game that we need to see or we need to care about. We wish we didn't have to be here in the first place. And you got to understand, this is LeBron James. This is King's court. He gets he gets the look him eating his meal, whatever that was, teriyaki chicken or vegetables <laughs> or whatever. More people were probably watching that than watching that preseason game. So at the end of the day. 
you can get as mad as you want it to be. If this was a regular season game, if this is a playoff game, yeah, you, it'd be a lot more serious of a conversation. Mm. This is a preseason game. He's enjoying his meal. Look, I mean, we're, we're, we're over here analyzing his chewing. Oh, I think that might be. Hey, Richard, how did, you, how did you uh, come to the conclusion it could have been teriyaki chicken or veggies or something? Why couldn't it just been like I did, I just, tofu? Because it's kind of in that bowl. <laughs> well, I don't like tofu, so I'm hoping it ain't tofu. But I, it's in that kind of bowl. You know, any way he's picking at it, that you know, that could have been vegetables right there. But either way, I don't have a problem with Michael Cooper saying it, and I also don't have a problem with LeBron James eating eating it on the sideline. I mean, at the end of the day, if this was some like, hey, this is some rookie free agent guy, I mean, yeah. you probably we wouldn't have noticed it if it was that in the first place. But no, then it'd be an issue. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and, and the thing about it though, Richard, the only reason why I say I, I would preferred him to be in the locker room with it. Because I don't even want—I don't even want that negative energy yeah. surrounding my right. guy. Because that's all it's getting right. ready to be. It's getting ready to be. Oh, look at him. He—he he should setting a bad example. He should be worried about the team. Look what happened to him last year. That—that's where this thing is getting ready to hit. I know it. Hmm. So See? I think I heard See? you two just say. He shouldn't have done it, but hey, he's LeBron James. Let's give him a pass. Let's Absolutely. give him a break. I ain't got no problem he's with LeBron that. James. Yeah. And by the way, I love your argument, Keyshawn, about everybody's doing it. So if your 11-year-old son comes in this afternoon and says, Dad, everybody's doing it, you say, yeah, but you're not going to do it because it's not right. Am well, I right? I mean, if, he, if his coach is allowing him to eat on the bench and he's yeah. a billionaire for playing basketball and he has – Four championship ring. Do the hell he wanted to. Okay. Hey, 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 Key. If my son was in the in the league for twenty years, yes. into the 20, finals, twenty-one years, twenty-one years, won it four times, and is a billionaire. You, you go ahead yeah, and do what do you whatever, want, son. I, do whatever I, I you want to do. Okay. And I got to take issue also with Keyshawn's point about. LeBron probably didn't even know what he was doing. wasn't thinking. He's got the highest IQ, arguably. When, 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 I, say, when I say Skip, when I say he didn't know what he's doing, yeah, he doesn't care. Mm. He's just eating. He's not yeah. thinking that you and Michael Cooper and other people are going to take him to task for having something to eat in a meaningless game. Okay, but I, I understand. Michael Cooper was chuckling as he said it because. He does a lot of Lakers television yeah. here in Los Angeles. And you got to be careful because he is not just the face of the Lakers. He is the face of the league. So you need to tiptoe with your criticism. But he's exactly right. Richard acknowledged he's right because you need to respect the game, even a preseason game. So you don't think, he, you don't think LeBron James respects the game of basketball? Not, okay. He, he respects his aura, his his magnitude, his mystique, and he was trying to to be the story after the game because he knows exactly what's so going to happen. If he's going to go sit on the bench, be the story. it's a look at me. Look at me. I'm eating on the bench. He, he is egomaniacal, and that's who he is. It propels him. It fuels him. But that was at the expense of his team. You can't do it. I, I, you know in your heart of hearts, Richard knows in his heart of hearts, you can't disrespect your teammates and the game I, I don't see by that. going to the see, end of the bench and that. eating dinner. I don't see like that if, as a disrespect. If, if, if you just quickly teammates. ate a yeah. hot dog, he was eating his dinner. He's like, he got a whole big, like you said, it looks like a whole I, I, box. I'm reaching now, I'm not reaching. 100%. Oh, stop it. You're going to make me have if, to get if, a goodie powder for my headache you're giving okay, me. Well, go tell Michael Cooper that. No, you. I'm talking okay, to but you. He started it. I'm I, just, I, I, he would have. 
if he would have, if his teammates were upset with his skip and they said something after the game, oh, sure. understand this. As a young player, yeah, as a young player, when I see my vet chilling, like, like I, I'm not mad at whatever he's doing because he's he's engaged in the game. I guarantee, if I ask him a question, he's gonna give me a good answer. He could be over there playing sunflower seeds, playing solitaire on his phone. Yep. But I have such a regard for him, and, and it, even if he's not Le- LeBron James, if he's Marcus Trufant, who was my veteran when I came in, he's sitting yeah. over there during a the preseason game. Chilling. Mm. I'm not mad at that. Mm. You, you, Skip, you get on my damn nerves mm-hmm. with this because you <laughs> act like LeBron. You act okay. You, you know, because you've been covering sports forever. You act like this Steve Howell in the Dodger dugout. Come on, he's eating. How'd Steve Howell get into? This? No, but I'm saying you act like he's doing <laughs> something. Yeah, like went on in the Dodgers dugouts in the '80s mm-hmm. in the bullpen. He's not. Mm. He's simply. Oh, well, you're suggesting what he you, was using. Yes. Yeah, okay. You act like he's doing something that no. is disrespecting the game. He was. He was eating dinner on the bench. Nobody's there. I've never so seen that. Got, I've never seen the history we, we of dinner. Oh, no, I've actually, no, I've actually seen in the NBA. Dinner? Well, I don't know that this is dinner. It sure looked like it to uh, me. I doubt it. I doubt this is dinner. Snack. It's something he, he, he you know, you do. Uh, bring on hunger when you out there working out and running. At some point, you want something in your body. Yeah. But Skip, you act like he's doing some of the things to disrespect the game because he's sitting on the end of the bench mm-hmm. and having whatever a snack. <laughs> I've seen people lean down with towels over their face, chew on things mm-hmm. in basketball games. Yep. Preseason games. So, so, so would it be better? So now it would be better if LeBron James wasn't on the, the sideline at all supporting his team. He'd just be chilling in the locker room, eating his food. And then when they asked LeBron, hey, what were you doing? Why weren't you on the sideline in the second half? Well, I had to eat my dinner. Well, oh, you know that's a damn defeat. So selfish. Okay. Well, as, yeah, as Coop said, you could have eaten at halftime in the locker room and come out and sat with your teammates on the bench, be part of the team, be yes. part of the game. That's yes. how you do it. You, you he could, was probably that's how, that's coaching his guys do. at halftime. Leaders do that. He was so now he's not a leader, leader and helping his guys. So now he's not a leader. Okay, you look, if you really psychoanalyze this guy, he's got ADD as in attention deficit disorder, as in – he needs more and more attention. He's going to go sit on the bench eating because he knows people are going to talk about it because he wants to be the focus, even though the preseason game is going on and he knows the cameras are going to fixate on him me eating right now, No, I'm, I'm educated. You're sitting here getting ready to tell me that this man has pre-calculated he what does. he's getting ready oh, he to do. Exactly along with so, so he, along with Maverick and Rich Paul, he said, hey, no. Why don't you come out and eat on the bench so we can get more attention for you? Mm-hmm. Hey, Are you hey, really hey, sitting here branded. saying that? This yeah, is going to be our own meal. Our we own meal. We're going to sell this. Like, <laughs> Skip, stop. So, Michael Cooper, one of the most respected Lakers ever. Yes. Not, not as an offensive player, but as defense. a defensive he still, demon. He can, he can shoot uh, the three. He, he was not bad, but, not bad. but again, he was – you could argue the guts of the Showtime Lakers because Defense. he would take the best player on the other yeah. team and just take him out of the game and just be all up in him all The original long. Slim Reaper. Yes, he was. So the point is, he did go out of his way on his, whatever it is, podcast to criticize LeBron because he did not like it, respect the game. Yeah. He said it. I didn't bring yeah. it up. He I, brought I, it up. I, I don't think he went out of his way to criticize him. I think it was more of a tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. along the way. He I said, well, so. you got to have a little more respect for the yeah. game mm-hmm. because when he played, yeah. that probably wasn't something mm-hmm. that 
took place. Mm, this I'm, is I'm, a, glad, I'm glad we had the video because Skip trying to take it out of contact. He was laughing the whole time. The whole Keith. time. He was laughing the whole time. Okay, but here are the words. You've got to have respect for the game. You come out and be part of the team, not just sit on the end of the bench eating. That's from Michael Cooper. Oh, so he's not part. You didn't see him high-fiving his teammates mm. when they, whatever happened and took sure. place? Yeah. So that's not being part of a team? Yeah, but I'm too cool for you guys. I got to eat because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not on the floor right now. So you guys go do your little thing, what you're doing in the preseason. It's okay. It's okay. Goodness. Michael Cooper called him out. You guys know it, and I know it. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm not going to talk okay. to you anymore. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. We're because change you're, the subject. you're driving me nuts good, right now. Good. Because you're trying to. I'm you're you... trying so hard to dig deep to find something wrong with this. Coop did. Coop did. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Micah Parsons spoke out again yesterday on his weekly podcast, The Edge on Bleacher Report. Last week after the Cowboys had lost, I hate to say the score again, 42 to 10 at San Francisco. Micah told the uh, 49ers to laugh now, cry later, and he told Cowboy Nation to trust, trust that it will be different next time the 49ers and Cowboys play. This week, after the Cowboys survived the Chargers 20 to 17 on Monday night, Micah complained on his podcast that the Cowboys are always criticized more harshly after they lose than the Eagles or 49ers are after they lose. This is Micah's third season. He has participated in three playoff games, one win, two losses, both to the 49ers, in the three games. He has played against the 49ers. He has zero sacks and minimal stats. Obviously, he hasn't won a defensive player of the year, not yet. So, Keyshawn, is Micah talking too much too soon? I I don't mind um, after the 49ers game saying that we'll be okay, we'll be back, cry now, you know, uh, smile now, cry later. I'm fine with that. It's cool. Because you believe if you see them again, things will be different. I'm okay with that. The problem now becomes on a consistent basis. After every game, you're, you're saying something. You're saying something. But this goes all the way back to last year. This is just who Michael Parsons is. This is part of who he is. He's not... DeMarcus Ware. He's not going to be quiet and just go about doing his job. Yep. This is what makes him Michael Parsons. But I would say this, though. you playing with fire when you're dealing in these situations. Yep. You just rattled off his statistics against San Francisco. Not, <laughs> not glowing and glaring at all, right? No. They're just <laughs> And so that's the problem. That's and the then problem. you complain about... People bashing Dak Prescott, yep. uh, in particular, mm-hmm. my co-host here yep. and Skip Bayless, mm-hmm. who I, he probably was talking about. Um, but what happens in these situations is if you take care of business on the field, yep. you can say whatever you want to say about the criticism that's coming. Mm. And he also has to realize he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. 
The Dallas Cowboys are the biggest sports franchise in the world as far as eyeballs go. People all over the world are Dallas Cowboys fans. Down in Mexico, crazy. Crazy. Here in California, crazy. Crazy. I mean, just everywhere. And people hate them because they are annoying. Skip Bayless, mm-hmm. I might point to. Mm-hmm. Annoying about the Cowboys. So it gets on people's nerves. And it's fine. Michael Parsons has done enough in this league to be a leader in this locker room at a young age. He just has to be careful with his wording and the things that he says because people will use that against him. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Keyshawn. I think, I mean, I don't got a problem with him talking because he can say whatever he wants. He's been a first-team All-Pro his first two years in the National Football League. That's about as good as you can be. I Absolutely. The, one of the best or the best at my position in the National Football League. At that point, you can say what you want. Now, will you, are you giving us layups to just crush you and bring you back to earth? No question. But you, you have earned the right with your play to say those things. But we also get to criticize the things you say because sometimes the things you say are easily dissected. So I'm not mad that he, he's, he's got a platform to speak his mind. When you're a first-team All-Pro multiple times, you, get, you deserve the platform. You've played. But again, when you disappear in primetime moments, in big-time moments, that gives us fuel to criticize. If you weren't on this platform using it in that way, then we probably wouldn't criticize as much. But because, like you said, DeMarcus Ware, a phenomenal talent, likely a Hall of Famer, um, or is he already in? Yeah, he got, he got he just got in. Yeah. yeah, he got in. He just got in. So yeah. I missed it. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer. Um he, but he didn't talk as much, so you don't even talk about him as much, whether he has a good, great game or a bad game. If he had, has a bad game, you're probably not gonna say much because he's not out there saying a lot of stuff. If he kills it and, and wins the, the player of the game, you're gonna talk about him because of how outstanding his game was. But with great voice comes great responsibility and great criticism. Yeah, and think about this though, Skip. Before the Chargers played the Dallas Cowboys, who were we talking about a lot? Khalil Mack. Because Khalil Mack had six sacks the week before. Yep. But we ain't talking about Khalil Mack now. No. Because he ain't had six sacks. He didn't repeat it. Mm. And so that's where we come from with this Michael Parsons situation. Skip, if he does what he's supposed to do, and Dak Prescott, who I think has played well this year, continues to do his job, and then what, what, what do we say? Mm. There's nothing for us to say. Okay, yet, what did you tell me yesterday on this show sitting in that same seat? You said as you analyzed Micah's performance on Monday night against the Chargers, you were ready to give him a grade of D minus yes. for the game. D minus yep. for his performance overall until on the second to last play. So that's three, yeah. three and a... Three quarters of a how, how would I say that? It's three even more. It's it's three, three and three quarters. quarters. Yeah, three and three quarters of a game. Well, we went down to what is it? Forty? Uh, no, it's uh, sixty minutes. So we, we were down to like fifty-eight minutes, right? It took fifty-eight minutes for him to make the play of the night that set up what became the concluding play of the night, which was the interception that. Justin Herbert threw finally to Stephon Gilmore because he was under fire seeing ghosts inspired by Micah Parsons. So, look, I'm speaking just as a fan here, diehard, lifelong Cowboy fan. Mike is in danger of speaking too much too soon because even though Richard says, okay, first team all pro, I, I got it. 
but he's not the guy yet because we we've dared to even put him in the same sentence with Lawrence Taylor. And he has not lived up to that yet. Maybe he will at some point. But in the three San Francisco games, even for most of the time on Monday night, remember, the great Troy Aikman is up in the, the booth saying, hey, he's been very quiet tonight. The Chargers have basically handled him because they had. And on that very moment that the words escaped from Troy's lips, that happened. Micah finally blew through that double team. You guys think it was sort of a quasi-double team. And he blew up Justin Herbert and effectively ended the game. Well, I need to see a little more of that because, look, Micah's playing for a team that is is the eye of the media storm. And that's because he's playing for an owner slash general manager who has two radio shows in Dallas, who conducts a post-game press conference after every game down in the hallway or in the locker room. He gathers the media, and he speaks from on high about what Jerry thought about the game. And in a few minutes here on the show, we're going to talk about what Jerry said yet again on his radio show yesterday in Dallas because it's another head-scratcher. Well, Jerry, you want to talk about egomania. He, He is the face of the Dallas Cowboys, and now Micah, is a chip off the Jerry block. You you played there, Keyshawn. You know how this goes, where you get swept up in the media storm because on the Internet right now, they're telling Micah to go, Micah, go. And he is a prisoner of, if not a victim of the Internet because he's trying to live up to what they're saying. Oh, speak, Micah, speak. We love this. You're the greatest ever. I, I don't really need a hot take artist. I need a big play artist on Sunday or Monday night. Yeah, but Skip, that's, that's part of right. who he yeah. is, though. Yeah. He, that, 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 and I said to you before, this is not new. Michael Parsons has been talking since he came into the league. It's nothing yeah. new. The problem is your football team's not very good. So the eyeballs on yes, that 42, that 42 to 10 shellacking of it's San Francisco. Yeah. Again, your football team is not very good. And what I mean by very good, the hype. The hype. The team is not caught up to the hype that you – along with Michael Irvin Mm -hmm. and many other Cowboy fans, have given them. Mm. You got off to a 40 to nothing blowout start against the New York Giants, Mm -hmm. and you all felt as though you were headed to the Super Bowl. Then you ran into a buzzsaw of an Arizona team that has one victory Mm -hmm. that ran the ball down your throat Mm. with Michael Parsons on that defense, and the excuse was, well, we don't have Diggs. Mm-hmm. Well, Diggs don't play tackle or linebacker. Just show up. Oh, we, what, 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 I, what I would say, Skip, is it's interesting because I don't know if Micah Parsons was on the Arizona Cardinals, if he was on the Jacksonville Jaguars, if he was on the Cleveland Browns, if we would be talking about him. If, if, this is a crazy thing. Now, people are going to call me crazy. This is going to probably piss people off. If Miles Garrett, if the Cleveland Browns said they're going to trade Miles Garrett for Micah Parsons, the Cleveland Browns would ask for more in that situation, and deservedly so. And because he's a more complete, Miles Garrett is a more complete player, and he's a more disruptive player. But since he's in Cleveland, yeah. people don't watch him or see his tape as often. If he was with the Dallas Cowboys, you would be talking about him like you talked about LT. Obviously, LT is in a different stratosphere, he but he would be more in that conversation because of the impact that he has both in the run game and the pass game. He's had 16 sacks the last two seasons, and nobody, a lot of people don't even know that because he's in Cleveland. I agree. I can't fight you on that. I think that's a fair and valid there's point. A lot of, there's a lot of yeast that comes with yep. playing with the Dallas Cowboys, you and Micah needs right. to understand that yeast. That he needs to understand 
people blow up the Dallas Cowboys to a whole nother level because essentially it's America's team, the eyeballs, the, the, the hate, the fans are so annoying. Yep. They get on people's nerves. They, they, they uh, have people gravitate toward TV screens where they break records they do. week in and week out as you they show it. up on national TV. Yep. But you got to show up as a team, man. Mm-hmm. It can't just be I'm appointment watching and then you get 42 hung on you and then you squeak one out against a Charger team that's in lightweights as Richard like to call them. And then you celebrate on the sideline as you just clinched the NFC championship game to go to Las Vegas. Did you see the celebration on the sideline? No, because we just lost 42 to but 10. But you don't you, you don't act like that. Come on, man. If you you've already had you you already had three victories, so you know the taste of victory. You this is your fourth victory. You act like you just clinched the NFC Championship game. Okay, well maybe we just did. Maybe we just got on a roll. Maybe we got a bye week, and maybe we'll start winning games and make you guys eat more crow because you just keep losing dinner bets because you overreact negatively to what you see at Arizona and at San Francisco. I, I lost one dinner bet to you. You've lost three. What's the third? Well, Wait, lost, what's the second and the third? Okay, you've lost two on Dallas, right? Yeah, it's only one. Skip, skip. That's the only one. Two. I, all I'm saying is, I, I agree. I agree with Keyshawn. Like it, when the yeah, San Francisco 49ers beat them 42 to 10. Yeah. They, oh, oh, that was that was. Uh, oh, you guys throwing little cheese lots under the. Okay, I hear you, Skip. Okay. No, what I, I'm saying took, is, Skip. I took Texas because of Sark, and I and I just gotta go against him. <laughs> Period. There you go. Because he gets on my damn nerves with these teams. Yeah, but you love me. Oklahoma hadn't won a national championship (laughs) since Bob Stoops. (laughs) And he's still acting like they get ready to go. Like, stop. I I got it. All right, (laughs) here's my bottom line on Micah Parsons. I told Michael Irvin going into this year, I need this to be his year where he effectively becomes a man, if you will, becomes the leader in the locker room of this team, becomes the captain of this team, not Captain Obvious on his podcast talking about how, wait a second, we get judged more harshly after we... Yes, you do. You're America's team. It's Jerry Jones. It's, it's the most famous slash infamous team in the history of sports. Yes, Captain Obvious. Duh, duh, duh. We get it, but I don't need to hear it from you. I need a little less talk. You don't have to hot take me to death every, what, what day does he do it? Tuesday, I guess. So is it going to be a case of every Wednesday we're going to react to the latest hot take from Micah Parsons? Because that's where we're heading. I need hot plays. I need that play that ended that game. And I need it regularly to the point that you become at least in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Because in your third year, I, I don't even hear him in the conversation. Is that fair? I mean, is there... Look, it's fair, but what I would say, and and he's young. He's still young. I got it. He's got a lot ahead of him. He hit pay dirt fast. Okay, he's disappeared over the last couple years of the second half of the season. He has. So maybe Mm -hmm. it flips now where he shows up in the second half of the season, not so great in the first half of the season, but in the second half of the season, he goes on a tear. Maybe that's what you guys need. Maybe this is... Headed in the right right direction. His leadership skills are starting to come to surface because he's taking up for his teammate. He's certainly speaking up for Dak Prescott as you continue to talk negative about Dak Prescott's ability to lead this team, to give him an extension, all of those sort of things. So maybe, just maybe, that 42-10 to lashing woke him up in the rest of your locker room 
to a point that they squeak out against the Chargers, yep. they get a bye to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. Now they take on a offensive juggernaut in the Rams, and they do. now the party starts again. Okay, maybe my, that maybe my, that's my it. Concern. Go My on, concern Richard. is that they're just speaking about the media too much. It was it was Dak saying, "Hey, y'all built us up too much," yeah, and now it's him did. saying, "Y'all talking about talking too bad about my quarterback." Like, yep. uh, well, the media is not in any of your opponents on your schedule, nope. so you might want to focus on the opponents on your schedule. I like that, and yeah. I agree with That's that. That's true, but you can't take away something that fuels individuals. Now you you have to just catch up yep. to the hype. That's it. Can he catch up to the hype? I don't know. Oh, you don't know now. So you, so you're surrendering that the Cowboys may not make the playoffs. Is, what, no, is that what you're I telling me? I did not say that. I just need him to. You want to talk about hype? <laughs> we, you, see, we, you see what I, you see what I did to no, him, Richard? No, you didn't say. You see, what I, I see what you did. You see no, what I did I to him, right? Do anything because you're the one who is leaning toward Cowboys will miss the playoffs. But I can't get you on record because you're scared to death. No, of the I gave Dallas a certain Cowboys. percentage. A certain. 60% will make, that they will make. The well, play. they beat the Chargers, so their chances are greater uh, now than they were prior to the Chargers at the 42-10 okay. lashing somebody, of the San Francisco 49ers. Somebody does not and, have the and by the way, of his... By, by the way, yeah. I know you've been, yeah. you, you pay attention and you've been looking at yeah. the media and watching things. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Trent Williams Sounds seem like, like they're going to be playing on Monday night. So well, that whole, we back. This, that, and the other. Now you, you might want to slow down. No, nope, we're still back. See? See? You don't have the courage of your convictions when it comes to the I, Dallas I don't Cowboys. think y'all back yet. All right. We'll find out about that very shortly because we're about to go on a Super Bowl roll.